Welcome to After the Glory on Podclips. The elite athlete knows that his or her time in the spotlight and on a national stage will be no more than a small fraction of a lifetime. What has he done to prepare for the rest of his life? Is she ready to meet the challenges that lie ahead once her playing days are over? Two UCLA graduates from different generations and with an insider's knowledge introduce you to some of the greatest athletes of this or any generation as they talk about life after the glory. Lucy Singh is the founder of Resiliency, offering life and resilience coaching to athletes as they leave behind the field of play. Gary Stern is a Southern California consumer attorney and mediator and a veteran of multiple baseball fantasy camps where he was coached by some of the game's elite players who know what real life is all about once their playing days were over. And now, here's Lucy and Gary. We're happy to have Roman Pfeiffer today who is a former Bruin and three-time Super Bowl champion with the New England Patriots. In 2009, Roman produced a documentary called Blood Equity that talks about the issues professional football players face in retirement. Roman and his beautiful family currently reside in Southern California, and on top of his full-time gig as a scout with the Detroit Lions, Roman is quickly learning a new skill as a school teacher and running a daddy daycare for his young children. Needless to say, Roman is a Joe Bruin of all trades. Welcome, Roman. We are so excited to have you today. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's uh, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and I especially am excited because you and I met just a few years ago, right when I graduated with my master's in sport management and embarked on this journey as a life coach for athletes. You know, I'd like to take this opportunity to publicly thank you for being one of the first people who not just unlocked a door for me, but also held it open while we both kind of figured out what was on the other side of the door. So while we'll talk about lots of various eras of your life experiences, let's start this episode by talking about just a few years ago when you pursued a career as director of player development for UCLA football. What made you take that job after so many years away from football? And and what did you learn? I actually was being proactive. I wanted to be back in football after being away for a while. Uh, I just discovered that, you know, I always felt like football was a big part of my life and it was just a part of my purpose. Not really knowing where that would lead me, but the opportunity opened up and I felt like it was, uh, you know, would be a good start. You know, coming back to where I went to school, my alma mater, and just uh, a familiar place. What I learned is um, I've been away from football in UCLA for a while and it, it you know, it was just, it was brand new. Um, I had to get reacclimated to you know, kids and, and their their way of thinking, but also I got a good look at from the inside what the needs were as far as kids um, pursuing other careers outside of football and just trying to find a way that I could be of, of help to them. You know, Roman, that raises an interesting point because uh, you clearly are one of those rare uh, athletes who early on in the uh, moments after you retired, realized that there was something profound about that transition. So let's go back a little bit and kind of lay a foundation. You grew up in uh, North Carolina after being born in upstate New York. Is that right? That's correct. You were involved in athletics at an early age, a uh, multi-sports star. Tell us a little about growing up in, in sports and, and your family uh, uh, out in North Carolina. North Carolina was a great place to grow up, uh, more of a small town type field. Um, 
big family, church, and sports. That's pretty much uh, was my life growing up. So great as a kid. I think the biggest sports stars in Carolina at the time were college players. I mean, we didn't have professional teams. Uh, so, you know, high school sports was big. And obviously, Michael Jordan, one of the best athletes ever, um, you know, he went to the University of North Carolina. So that was the atmosphere in which I grew up. But also knowing that as a kid having dreams of playing professional sports and, and making a life, I knew that my dreams had to be bigger than North Carolina because it didn't offer, you know, that professional uh, experience. Football was your number one sport? Uh, initially it was. For a while, basketball really became a love of mine, and, and so it was like a battle. But eventually I, I realized that, you know, at 6'3", you know, basketball is probably going to be short-lived, and I felt that football was going to be my best avenue to be successful. And growing up, was education uh, an important uh, part of your uh, family and, and your upbringing? Absolutely. I mean, my dad, he really pushed education. Uh, my older sister, she went to the University of North Carolina, so she was the first one out, and, and so I was next in line. And grades were everything to my dad. If he wanted to get uh, anything out of him or you know, privileges, it all came to um, what your report card says. So we, we were really big on education. And then uh, I, I know Lucy will be interested in this just before we go to break. I assume you were nationally recruited. What uh, led you to choose UCLA? Well, honestly, I mean, most of the recruits were in the southeast um, in my area. UCLA was the only school out west that recruited me, so that was pretty interesting. But I think I had a connection with UCLA as a young kid, in my mind, I always watched a UCLA-USC game. That's the only time I ever saw UCLA. And the one thing that always stood out to me about UCLA was their colors. I mean, I never saw a team in college football that had, you know, the powder blue and the gold. And I always thought that was, you know, just crazy to me. So I always pulled for UCLA. I didn't know anyone on the team at the time. I knew that uh, USC had these great running backs and that they always talked about, but for some reason, I was always drawn to UCLA as a kid just because of the uniforms. You know, if they were recruiting me, I was like, man, I got to at least explore this opportunity. Absolutely. So can you tell us a little more about what the recruiting experience was like back then? <laughs> a lot different now. No Twitter, uh, no cell phones, <laughs> no social media. Uh, a lot of phone calls, a lot of letters, and a lot of visits. The first time, uh, Greg Robinson, who actually recruited me from UCLA, the first time he showed up on my high school campus, I mean, he just looked different. I mean, here's a guy, he had a khakis on, a, a, a blue collared shirt, a navy blue blazer. I mean, his hair was slicked back, he was tanned. I mean, obviously I knew the guy wasn't from, you know, North Carolina. And then, you know, he pulled out his card and was like, hey, I'm... Greg Robinson from UCLA, and so it, it, that was just kind of the start of it. And um, and man, I mean, he was a great recruiter, great guy. He man, really charmed my family. I mean, he, they all loved him, and so it was, it was really easy. So, speaking of your family, how did they feel about being recruited? You know, my dad always pushed on me that success isn't always found at home. You know, sometimes you have to go where the opportunity is. So. He didn't really have a problem with it. My mom was a little more, hey, I want you to stay home. I want you to be close. We can't really get to you out in California. So 
so actually she's the one that actually went on the official visit with me just so that she could see what was going on and, and get some comfort and peace with the area and, and how things would be going. And obviously, Coach Donahue was a big influence. I mean, he's a great guy, and he's great with the parents and, and with presenting the opportunities. So I think it was a done deal after the visit. That's great. So after this break, we will talk more about Roman's trek to the West Coast and starting life in Los Angeles as a young adult and football pro. Thinking about a new or used car? Think Infinity of Thousand Oaks. We've been serving Thousand Oaks in Southern California for years. We have new, used, and certified pre-owned Infinity vehicles available now with many special offers. There's something for everyone. Infinity of Thousand Oaks is your home for the best deals on Infinity cars. With the COVID pandemic, we offer contactless sales. Call our sales office at 805-262-7442 or visit infinityofthousandoaks.com. Pick out a vehicle and we'll deliver it to your home or office with all the paperwork done with the power of the internet. Our award-winning sales and service team is waiting to give you the best service in buying a vehicle you've ever had. Call us today at 805-262-7442 and make an appointment for your new 2020 Infinity or visit our website at infinityofthousandoaks.com. Since 1980, Woodland Hills lawyer Gary Stern has been known as a lawyer's lawyer, passionate about his clients and equally passionate about bringing honor, dignity, and respect to the legal profession. Gary Stern represents folks seriously injured because of healthcare negligence, defective and dangerous products and property, neglect in long-term care facilities, and careless operation of cars and trucks. He has successfully resolved hundreds of cases for his clients, providing them with the financial help they needed during trying times. Gary Stern is a member of the prestigious National Trial Lawyers Top 100, active with consumer attorneys of Los Angeles and California, and is admitted to the bar of the Supreme Court of the United States. And most important, I am proud to call him dad. You can reach Gary Stern at 818-710-2717 or visit his website at www.sternlaw.org. Welcome to After the Glory on Podclips. Here's Lucy and Gary. So, Roman, we were just talking about your recruiting experience. How about life in Los Angeles? Totally different from Northern Carolina. Uh, really different. It was kind of a culture shock. I mean, I was had an adventurous spirit. I mean, I was ready and prepared and actually excited about coming to Los Angeles. Yeah, it was different once I got there. The good thing was that I came to a summer program, which started before school, the freshman summer program. So by doing that, I was able to get acclimated to, you know, going to class, and I was able to make a small circle of friends and get acquainted. So that really helped me by the time, um, you know, football camp started my freshman year. And here's the thing that I am fascinated by in talking to people who've gone through uh, the college experience after uh, coming from a a smaller high school experience, and that is it's easy to have things not go well it's easy to uh, forget priorities, things like that. And and I'm curious about the time at UCLA. There's a couple of things I want to talk about in that area, but one of them is just classes. Um, there's a stereotype about athletes in classes, but my experience is that, you know, athletes with all the pressures, they go to class. How did you handle 
the education part of UCLA, um, knowing what we know now about how important life was going to be for you after the uh, game was over, how did you approach education at UCLA with all the demands of football? I didn't really know if I would have an opportunity to play professional football. So my mindset was always, you know, me, part of me coming to UCLA was the opportunities that Los Angeles presented in itself. I mean, UCLA is in a great city, Los Angeles, and there's tons of things to do and a lot of opportunity, which North Carolina didn't provide, you know, a young kid like me. So coming to UCLA, um, academics was my first priority, um, especially once I came into camp and I saw like, Ken Norton Jr. and all these guys. I'm like, wow. You know, I, I came in as a 203-pound linebacker, and, you know, these guys were like 225, 230, so I knew I had a lot of work ahead of me to even be able to compete on the field. So, you know, it was a no-brainer for me to attack, you know, school and academics first and foremost. For our listeners, uh, uh, Roman's career at UCLA was like a lot of really excellent football players. A little bit of special teams work in your freshman year. I think you redshirted your freshman year, uh, so you actually, in your sophomore year, you you had four years eligibility, and then you moved your way from uh, special teams to more playing time, and then junior year something happened you've talked about it in other interviews it it sounds like something that really shaped your life why don't you give us the cliff notes version of what happened in your junior year uh, roman like you said you're, you're trying to establish yourself as a, a young kid and time's going by you're working hard you're, you're trying to emulate some of the guys that you look up to on the team but yet um things aren't really going as well as you'd like, and, and you kind of got to wait your turn. So distractions happen. I, I looked at it as, hey, I'm a kid enjoying college life and, and enjoying what L.A. has to offer, but not really understanding that the path I was on was, was a little reckless. And so basically I got in some trouble, which cost me my junior season, but probably was a blessing in disguise. It just really helped me realign my focus, and I, I think the number one part of that was my character, just, you know, looking at who I am as a person, who do I want to be, what did my parents, what did they teach me about being a gentleman and the golden rule, treating people the way you want to be treated. So it was just a self-evaluation of, of where I'm going and what I wanted to do, and and so it, it really brought out the best in me as far as that goes, and, and, you know, I increased my work ethic and just kind of increased my drive, and the, the results were was successful. Before we go to break, Roman, one very quick uh, note uh, for the for the listener: it, it is you're being modest in the sense that what you did was unprecedented. You came back for your senior year. You became uh, a, a key linebacker on the team, uh, honorable mention All-American. You set yourself up for the draft, and this is after being suspended for an entire football season. I just don't think there are many that that can do that. In 30 seconds or so, brag on yourself a little bit. That that must have been an incredible feeling to get drafted. <laughs> I don't know. That, that's hard. Well, I, I'll tell you this. I did have a fire inside of me. I mean, number one, you know, I have a chip. Everyone's competitive. And when I came to UCLA, I started at the bottom. And I did pride myself on working hard. And so right at the cusp of possibly having a chance to get some good playing time or possibly start as a junior, everything was snatched away. And, you know, I had no one to blame but myself. So my father always told me, I remember when I was a young kid and I told him, you know, I wanted to be an NFL player one day. 
dad sat down and he told me this profound thing. I mean, it's simple, but for an eight-year-old, it made sense. Little by little as I grew up. But he would say, son, if you want to play in the NFL, here's your best chance. He said, number one, you got to be a good person. That's character. He said, no one wants to play with the jerk. You have to be coachable. You have to be a good teammate. Number two, you have to be a good student. Your education is paramount. If you're not educated, you won't get into college and you won't have a chance to play. And then number three is you got to work hard at your craft. You got to work hard to be the best. And so being that was out of whack was the character part. I focused on the working hard part. I focused on school, but I forgot about the character. And so, like I said, it was just a realignment of what I needed to do and those three things that my dad told me would help me be successful and ended up, and it worked out. Roman, when we uh, come back, we will go from... In order to get to after the glory, you've got to have the glory. Let's uh, take our break. When we come back, the NFL. Have you ever wanted to experience the thrill of playing spring training baseball with some of the game's legends? At LADABC, we believe you should be able to live your dream of being a pro baseball player. And now you can. The LADABC Adult Baseball Camp is an independently owned and operated fantasy camp for men and women over the age of 30. As an independent camp, you can be a fan of any team from any city and you'll feel right at home with us. Our next camp is scheduled for November 7th through the 13th, 2021, and will be held at the historic Dodgertown Complex in Vero Beach, Florida, now known as the Jackie Robinson Training Complex. You'll play ball all week long on the best practice fields in the nation. You'll enjoy use of state-of-the-art facilities and you'll be pampered and cared for just like a major leaguer. We invite you to visit our website and sign up for our November 2021 camp. Just go to www.ladabc.com. That's ladabc.com. Life coaching for athletes is here to help. Coach Lucy is a certified life coach focused on working with athlete-minded people in finding and pursuing success in life outside of sports. She serves as an accountability partner and offers different perspectives when her clients are facing big challenges and decisions. Follow Resiliency on Instagram at Resiliency, that's R-E-S-I-L-I-E-N-T-S-E-E -E -E underscore coaching for more information. As a co-host of After the Glory, Coach Lucy is excited to share her expertise in working with athletes and looks forward to connecting with all you listeners to learn more of your stories as well. Welcome to After the Glory on Podclips. Here's Lucy and Gary. We're back and we're talking with uh, former NFL great Roman Pfeiffer. Roman, where we left off really is about being drafted. And, uh, of course, you started your career right here in L.A. with the Rams and followed them to St. Louis. Uh, tell us about those uh, seven years uh, with the Rams. No no Super Bowl appearances, but uh, you had some good years with the Rams. Yeah, actually, uh, it was eight years. I, I was four in L.A. And, and four in St. Louis. I got to say, I mean, I, I love my time at the Rams. First of all, you know, going to UCLA and then getting to play in Los Angeles, that that was just amazing uh, dream come true. The one thing that I did learn, and you said there were no Super Bowl appearances, when I look back on my time at the Rams, I could see the immaturity of myself but not really being a leader. And I think I had some of my best years statistically, but it was all an individual thing. And when I look back, I had seasons where I had over 100 tackles but we had a losing record. It was a time of growth. It was a time of learning what being a team is and, and how to win. So I, I love that time. I mean, it was a great learning experience, a bunch of great guys, and I got to experience a lot of good coaches 
at the Rams. Um, unfortunately, they had to get rid of me before they could win a Super Bowl. <laughs> but it, it was a great experience. Um, and then going to St. Louis, that whole transition, um, wasn't happy about it at first. I mean, I was sad to leave Los Angeles. I mean, you get spoiled being out here in this weather. But that was also a good experience because, I mean, we had a stadium full of fans, which I was in L.A., I mean, we probably have about 30000 per game. But, you know, so that was a whole other experience, and it was great. I, I enjoyed it immensely. Let me ask you this. You, you went through uh, changes to the uh, Jets from the Rams and then from the Jets to the Patriots. Um, were those uh, free agent or were those uh, both trades? And if they were trades, what, what did it feel like to be traded? How did you handle that? Well, actually, no. The, uh, me leaving uh, the Rams was as a free agent. My contract had expired. I did have an opportunity to come back to the Rams, and I, I was looking in my mind, I'm saying, hey, I want to win. I want to be on a winning team. And I was in eight years with the Rams, hadn't won, and, and like I said, I, I really thought at that time I wasn't looking in the mirror. I wasn't looking at myself and how I could impact it. I was only concerned about, you know, individual accolades. And so me leaving the Rams, going to the Jets, was looking at greener pasture. The year before, in 98, my last year at the Rams, the Jets made it to the AFC Championship and they lost to Denver. So in their minds, they're only like a few players away. And I'm like, hey, man, I can get on this team and I have a chance to win. So guess what? As fate would have it, I go to the Jets, uh, to this all-star team, Keyshawn Johnson, Curtis Martin, I mean, Wayne Corbett, Vinny Testaverde, hey, we're we're going all the way. The Rams, on the other hand, Trent Green, who they just signed as a free agent, goes down. Some kid by the name of Kurt Warner emerges. <laughs> and that's the greatest show on turf. And they go to the Super Bowl. And the opening game at the Jets in 2000, Danny Testaverde tears his Achilles. And we lose like four straight games. And, you know, we end up with the maybe I think a seven and nine season, no playoffs. That was a big lesson for me, and it, it was humbling, but also it was very needed. It was almost like being suspended my junior year in college. It really, I had to do a self-evaluation of where I was and how I could be better moving forward. And also, that's the time I met Bill Belichick. He was my defensive coordinator my first year with the Jets. So, that connection was born, which would lead to me later getting picked up by the Patriots. It was learning and it was humbling, but it was necessary. So, Roman, speaking of going all the way and meeting Coach Belichick, let's talk about your time with the Patriots. How, how was that experience when you joined the team? Did you expect to win three Super Bowl champions in four years? Yeah, it was awesome. It's kind of crazy because we're, we're going through these cycles, but this is where everything kind of came together. I mean, it was like, I'm in my older years. I'm not as fast. Now I'm more of a role player. It's not about the individual statistics. Now now it's about how I can help the team be a better team. So the attitude is different. The, the culture is different. We got a great coach, one of the best coaches ever. And now instead of being so concerned with myself as an individual, now it's about the team. And now you get a handful of guys like that throughout your locker room, and that's what was born. That's that 2001 Patriots team that they came out as a team. We weren't introduced individually. We did everything as a team, and we always put the team first. 
And that was the first time in my football career that I even had that mindset or was even involved in a, a team that had that type of mindset. And that was the result. To get redemption, and like I said, I love the Rams, but you know, I missed the Super Bowl with them. That first year, we played my old team in the Super Bowl. And that was just, man, I was I can't even put that in words, how exciting and how great and how elated I was to win that first one. And, Roman, you went on for, to two more. And as we know, uh, uh, the game uh, uh, came to an end as far as your playing days in 2005. When we come back, the circumstances surrounding your retirement, what you learned about retirement, and life after the glory. Hello, this is Dean, third generation owner of Sarah Leonard Fine Jewelers. We are located near UCLA in the heart of Westwood Village, where we have been since 1946. For 74 years, my family has stood for the highest standards of knowledge and integrity and are proud members of the prestigious American Gem Society. But it is our personal touch that truly makes us a cut above. Client relationships last for decades and generations. With six UCLA alumni, the family has supported UCLA for decades, including the famous Sarah Leonard Jewelers Watch Giveaway. For diamonds and colored gems, designer collections and estate jewelry, watches, custom design, and gorgeous gifts starting under $100, it's all here at Sarah Leonard Fine Jewelers. Mention the code GLORY and get 20% off your first purchase, plus a 10% UCLA discount on all future purchases. Call 310-208-3131 today for your appointment or visit us at sarahleonardjewelers.com. Free parking available. Again, call 310-208-3131, use the code GLORY and experience the Sarah Leonard difference for yourself. Welcome to After the Glory on Podclips. Here's Lucy and Gary. So offline, Roman, Gary, and I were able to talk really quickly about the moment that Roman realized it was important to think about life after the glory. Roman, can you tell us about your first retired players meeting? I was actually in Tampa, Florida, visiting a friend of mine, and um, he invited me to come to this meeting. When I went to the meeting, it was it was very eye-opening. Uh, my first meeting, being a retired player, and I was like, okay, what is this all about? And there was a representative from the NFLPA, and there are a ton of guys, I mean, in that meeting. I, I was just blown away. Guys that played in the 60s and 70s, all the way through up to guys like myself at the time, uh, just newly retired. And I was just hearing all the concerns that these guys were having about their pension, about not being able to afford medication, uh, reaching out to the NFL and then not really giving them any help um, in life after football. And, and I really was an eye-opener to me. And there was one guy in particular that really was passionate and he was voicing his concern and saying that, hey, something has to be done. And he, he got really loud to where guys had to really escort him out of the meeting. But I really felt his passion and I felt like, felt what he was saying. And I remember going to this guy, getting his phone number. And when I went back to California, I was just telling a good friend of mine and trainer about what had happened. And I was like, man, there's got to be something we can do. I mean, football is the ultimate team sport. I'm now, these guys are all in the same fraternity. What can I do? What can we do that can help? And and the idea just came up, hey, why don't we document these things? Why don't we go talk and figure out what the issues are and just give these guys a platform to voice all their concerns? And so that's really how Blood Equity documentary uh, was born and we were just able to call around and, and get access to people like Mike Dicka and Harry Carson just NFL greats and we just gathered up a motley crew of film 
traveled around the country and interviewing these guys and just kind of rolling camera, not really having set formula. We just, hey, we had some questions, we had a camera, roll, and just kind of see what happens. And so that's kind of how that thing was born. So Blood Equity came out in 2009. It's still available for all of you listening on Amazon and other platforms where you can get uh, those kind of documentaries. Uh, Roman, I just want to ask you this. It's um, There are very few players who have had the opportunity to think about their retirement, both from the standpoint of, of why they're retiring and what would be your message to young players, the elite athletes, with the big salaries or not? What would be your message about uh, the preparation for the time that they have decades and decades after they've left the field? It's tough regardless. Most of these guys have been doing it since they were kids. I played since I was eight years old, and I think I might have turned 36 or 37 when I retired. I mean, that's a big chunk of my life. So you try to prepare as much as you can, but you really, until you step out there, you just really don't know how it's going to affect you. Um, But I would say, don't, we're people, we weren't put here just to play football. I mean, we're people first, we're men, we're fathers, and football is something that we're gifted to do. So I try not to lock my identity into football like that's the only thing I have to offer this world and just know that as a guy that's in an ultimate team sport, the way I try to approach it is look for a different team. And when you look at things from a team concept, then that's usually how athletes, uh, they usually excel in a team atmosphere, whether it's at a business office, whether it's, you know, at a school or coaching you know, I try to look at it at that aspect and, and say, hey, I'm a member of this team. It may be a different uniform, <laughs> no tackling, no helmets, but it, it's still a team because once we get out there and we're alone and we become isolated, it really gets hard. And a lot of guys do that. They isolate themselves and, 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 and it becomes tough. But when you're around other people that can share uh, your struggle and that can encourage, that, that helps. And that, that's what I would tell guys. I would encourage them to keep those relationships and try to plan out as early as you can. Because it's not about money. It's not about your finances. It's about being connected. We're so grateful for your time and we look forward to what's up next for you. Thank you. Until we meet again, that's After the Glory for this session. 